0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. Just when we thought that every unexpected twist and turn had already played out in this election campaign, another bombshell. As everyone has heard by now, Doug Ford is being sued by his sister-in-law, Renata Rob Ford's widow, for millions. She alleges that he and his brother Randy have run the family business into the ground, depriving her and her children of their fair share of Rob's inheritance. You just heard Doug's response. You also just heard how the other parties, of course, are commenting and hoping that this will work to their advantage. The big question, of course, is will this affect the election? Yesterday, pollster Lauren Bozanov told us that a swing of just a couple of percent could make all the difference. Uh, He also said that, according to his figuring, Doug Ford was losing traction. Uh, And uh, still, he updated that poll. And this morning, he told me that his updated poll, taken after this news came out, still shows a PC majority. That's what a new Main Street poll is also showing, but that one has a caveat about the lawsuit. Uh, And there's no question that some of the allegations particularly the ones regarding his competence as a businessman, go to the heart of his brand. So, does this make any difference to you? We'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, Right now, we are going to Nini Krishnapa, who is a VP of National Public Relations and an expert in crisis communications, and strategist Jason Leader, the president of Enterprise. Hello there.
2: Hi there, Libby. How are you? Hi, Jason. How are you going? Hey, how are you?
1: Fine. Okay, let, Nini, let's start with you. Uh, this is your area, crisis communications. Something like this comes out at a very critical time. So first of all, is uh, did Doug Ford respond in a way that you would have, have advised him to?
2: I think he did a good job in his initial response. I think, you know, obviously, Libby, to your point, we're headed into the home stretch. There's what... Mm-hmm. A little bit over 48 hours left until we we head to the polls, less than that. And, uh, you know, my advice to the Ford campaign and to Doug Ford himself would be to stay focused, stay on the issues. This is is the last sprint. Don't get caught up, but be empathetic. uh, Be considerate in your response, which I believe he was. And stay focused on the issues and stay focused on change, which is what Ontarians are really seeking this time out.
1: Okay. Jason, uh, do you think that the nature of some of these allegations do go to the heart of his brand? Do you see a danger here?
3: Um, I think you going to win the election for a lot of different reasons. And um, I think that uh I, I think that I agree and the crisis management. I thought he did a good job this morning with uh, sort of not coming out swinging and, and being empathetic. Um, I think that the people that were likely to vote for Doug Ford are still going to be likely to vote for Doug Ford. Uh, the amount of sort of stuff that's been thrown at him over the course of the campaign. The sure truth is, this campaign is crazy, and I think I think my fellow fellow uh, you know sort of panelists will agree. If you would have told us six months ago that you know Patrick Brown would be out on these allegations, Doug Ford would be the leader, this is the kind of stuff that's going to be thrown at them. Oh, by the way, the NDP is going to be challenging for power. The liberals are going to have the worst results since uh, World War One. You know, it, it, what a crazy campaign. And I think most people, to be honest with you, like us, follow this day-to-day. But most people are going to get to Thursday, and they're going to ask themselves one question. You know, it, 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 who is, who is it? Ford or, or what And I, I don't think, uh, you know, this is going to move the, the numbers for, uh, for, uh, for Andrea. Um, and the deco stuff, the deco label stuff, um, you know, the truth is, uh, it's not a great story for for Doug. But I don't think most people believe that he's a bad businessman, to be honest with you. And uh, I think all of us on the call realize that, you know, if you really want to find out whether Deco Labels is well managed, you need a lot more than uh, sort of a sort of a lawsuit against them to find that out. So, I'm not sure that this is going to have the impact that uh, that Tom hopes it will for sure.
1: Okay. Well, let's bring in Tom Parkin, an NDP commentator. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? Fine. Uh, So do you see this as a last-minute gift?
4: Uh, It's definitely a last-minute gift to the New Democrats. because It strikes at a couple of things that are uh, kind of key to the Ford appeal. One is that it raises questions about his business acumen. Uh, Mr. Ford puts a lot of uh, emphasis that he's a successful businessman, but the uh, documents that were put forward yesterday uh, show that his business, uh, since he took over, has been uh, consistently losing money up to, uh, you know, in the the millions a year, uh, and that he has devalued the company from uh, the one that he inherited from his father, that he takes an excessive salary is an allegation, that he's uh, uh, hiring friends who are not qualified is an allegation. These are all allegations, but the financials seem pretty strong, and there are specific numbers that seem to be taken right out of the financials of the company. And um, asked today about this, Mr. Ford did not put forward any numbers that show that uh, his company is actually making money. So, on one hand, one, one issue is that it actually undermines the idea that he's a successful businessman. It looks like he's actually taking a company and ruining it uh, and then going out in public and saying that he's fantastic. So, that's, that's a little disturbing. And the second is, you know, if this is the way he treats his own family, how is he going to treat other people's
2: families?
1: Uh, Nini is is uh, shaking his head here. So, Nini, uh, why are you shaking your head? Well,
2: a couple of things. I mean, one thing we know for sure is not not very many successful business people within the NDP. We know that for a fact. But there's the, the the other issues that I don't think that we, at this stage of the campaign, it's not about hiring a team of accountants and going in and finding out how successful Deco Labels is. This is about policies for the future of Ontario, rather than judging individuals based on their, you know, whether they made a profit or not on their, you know, in their individual personal business dealings. The other thing to be clear about, and I, I work with a number of financial services companies that deal with high net worth and ultra high net worth families. The Fords clearly fall within that range, at least of being high net worth, if not ultra high net worth. They're a wealthy family. With wealth comes great complici- com- you know, complexity both in terms of your accounting and your business, but also within the family dynamic.
1: And great fighting about money.
2: Absolutely. We don't know the inner workings of the Ford family, the rivalries, the hatreds, the histories, etc. What we do know, though, is that, you know, the timing of this couldn't be more, you know, more suspect. And the fact that, you know, Renata Ford is willing to bring this out within the public sphere so blatantly, what kind of impact does this have on her children, on the relationships with grandparents, with cousins, etc.? That speaks to yeah. me to some bad judgment yeah. and reeks of opportunism.
1: Well, yeah, except not, do you think... I'm you sure think not sure that the
2: poor Doug Ford story has legs. Uh, I mean,
4: <laughs> this, is a, this is a person who won't reveal his plan for Ontario. He won't show us where the cuts are coming from. Economists say that he's going to increase the deficit, even though Doug Ford goes out every day and says that, Cutting the deficit, eliminating the deficit. Tom, what is, is
2: it? Is it going to
0: be
4: a bigger deficit, or it? is he going to cut everything?
3: Which one is it, bud? Well,
4: well it's going to be both. It's going uh, <laughs> <gonna> to be both. <laughs> it's be makes seven, seven, makes seven, uh, six billion dollars years in cuts, which he won't say <laughs> where they will come from. And if you listen to economists, even if he makes those cuts, it's still an increase of two point one to two point six billion dollars in the deficit, which would give him a larger deficit than today and a much larger deficit. Than uh, either of the other two political parties. Well,
1: that's that's deb- that's that's on the condition. Uh, uh, the way I had it explained to me uh, by Mike Moffat, who came up with that, is yep. that that is if they do not find the uh, rather nebulous efficiencies that they claim they'll find. Okay, so uh, let's assume they'll that? find some. Yeah. But uh, but I I just want to go back and focus on this idea that uh, uh, you know one of the things that. actually... Actually, Kathleen Wynne said, I'm wondering if that will have resonance. She said, you know, basically, she said, this is the kind of thing we can expect from him on a regular basis. And and Jason, I mean, things were pretty crazy when Rob Ford was at City Hall. So do you think that will play in where people are going to say, oh, oh no, well, are we headed back to this?
3: Well, we've talked about that. Um We've talked about finances a bit, you know. I I think the market for a Ford Premiership has been the, these things have been factored in a long time ago to the stock price of Ford. You know, if you were likely to believe that, if you were likely to think that, you know, it's going to be too chaotic under Doug Ford, you were you aren't changing your vote today or tomorrow. You know, I think that that's you know, there's been a lot of time for you to consider whether or not that was going to happen. And truth is, I think you know, Tom's Tom's certainly disappointed that more people in the 905 haven't haven't made that. Cap- Calculation, right? And I, I really do think it's a mature market. I really do think it's been been, been sort of you know priced in. in? I think this, I, yeah, I think that the selection. But,
1: but here, let let me put this out because again, Nini ne- shaking his head uh, is that there there are people who don't like either of their options who are actually waiting till they get into that polling booth and many see, many people I would. That's right. So so I want to get to. What is this how is this going to affect them Nini I
2: think this issue will really put the test how firm the liberal vote is those few people who are still going to be supporting the liberal party at around 20% um you know just based on what was just said I completely agree that you know Ford nation is with Ford come hell or high water
1: I, I'm sure they are If
2: you support the NDP there's no chance in hell that you're moving over to Ford in the last few days of the campaign in any case it's those Blue liberals who are still hanging on, considering Ford. It's those left, left liberals who are thinking, should I go to Horvath to plug Ford? It's it really comes down to that twenty percent of liberals. How much will this spook them into maybe strategically voting, going over to Horvath, potentially putting the NDP over the edge?
4: Yeah, and Olivia, I think that's I think that analysis is essentially correct. And, I mean, Jason makes the point that there are people who are locked and loaded for uh, Mister Ford at maybe whatever it is, thirty six or thirty seven percent that's fine, but if that uh, 20 or a little more, when you include the Greens, 20-so-odd percent of the population, makes up to its mind that this is just unacceptable and this leader cannot become a premier, and if those key people make the right decisions in, in places like, you know, in, 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 in Peterborough, in Peel, in Scarborough, in uh, in Chathams, and in Sarnia's, and many towns where these are sp- pretty much straight NDP-PC fights with a little bit of residual liberal vote, a little bit of residual Green vote, if those people really look at themselves and say, do I want this gong show back? And they say, no, I can't do it. I have to vote for Andrew because Andrew is the only way to stop this. Then it stops. So okay. it is not fully, it may be fully factored into the mind of PC voters that they find this acceptable, but the majority of Canadians do not. And they just have to figure out the way in the next day. We saw, okay. we saw this in two thousand,
2: right? Ralph Nader became a villain because he denied Al Gore those thousands of votes that were necessary to beat George Bush in that in that clincher. So is the Green Party gonna become that that you know, that five percent gonna be the difference in terms of a, a Ford majority versus a uh, an NDP minority?
1: Okay. Uh the people who are actually going to be making those decisions are are champing at the bit. So let's go to the phones, guys. Hang on, we've got Joyce and Scarborough. Hi, Joyce. Oh, hi, Libby. Well, I I think the NDP and Liberal have hit the the lowest low that they could do. That lawsuit is family. It has nothing. It's allegations, and and oh, you want an NDP harvest. Forty-two grand at Holt Renfrew Put it under travel, and like it just like uh, that's an allegation too. <laughs> well, that's, okay, that's Gucci uh, Another yeah. allegation. And w- what about all the extremists on on uh, Horvath's
5: cabinet? Forget it. I voted for it, and this is
1: a family issue. It it, it does nothing. To my uh, to change my mind. Okay, thanks, Joyce. Okay, thank you, Libby. Okay, let's go to Bernie in Mississauga. By the way, I know that uh, Joyce would have been one of those died in the wool Ford voters. Hi, Bernie. How you doing, Libby? Fine. How well, are you? My hope,
6: Libby, is that the young people who get out to vote. And uh, as far as these uh, old conservatives that are sticking with Doug Ford, they are stiff-necked people. They always resist the Holy Spirit. The people in this province got a very major decision to make. Do they want to go back to cuts or do they want to go back to progress? And I think that they should choose the NDP.
1: Well, and and I would say that you're a uh, pretty dyed-in-the-wool NDP supporter?
6: i am dying dyed-in-the-wool, but the thing is, the slightest thing to come out about Ford, it shows about his character. If it's in his own family... What would he do when he gets out of the Treasury in, in Ontario? I won't trust him.
1: Okay, thanks for that. The, uh, Let's go to John in Brampton. Hello, John. Yeah, hi, let me, Thanks. Um, using
5: uh, Lord's dead brother's family in, gasoline prices are up by 38
1: cents a mm. You're making an assumption that the yes. NDP somehow uh, planted this. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, if I... If they
5: had, had any dignity, okay. if they had any values, they would not, as that L- 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 also, gentleman also, said... Also based on the assumption
4: be- that, that... Okay, wait, wait a minute. We have too many true.
1: people talking at once. John in Brampton. Uh, uh, so you're saying that the NDP kind of planted this. Is that what you're saying?
5: Well, if, if I was uh, Renata's lawyer, you can use the doomsday scenario, but it only works as a threat. When you actually do it, it's, it has no value anymore. So, you know, I mean, obviously... And, but the and threat I think
1: doesn't it, work if you don't make good on it.
5: Well, you know, again, using a dead, his dead brother's family God, I mean, they are low. Uh, I Honestly, I never expected them. You know, to have any any real values, but this is way lower than I could have imagined.
1: Okay, John, so thanks for that. Kids
5: out there who are, who are affected by this, well, and they're going to play it up. They are. I'm sorry, but they're scum.
1: Okay, thanks, John. I'm not sure uh, who who the scum he's referring to is. I mean, uh, obviously, this was a decision by Renata and her lawyers to release this. At this time, and uh, I would imagine that the calculus is that this is when they have the most leverage. You
4: know, Renata, I mean, sorry, uh, Libby, the interesting thing about this is that people are being forced to decide whether they're going to... People within Ford Nation are being forced to decide whether they are going to take the side of Rob Ford's widow and his children or Doug Ford. Because, believe me, the idea that somehow the opposition parties, the other political parties somehow caught this whole scheme up... Well that's just preposterous that's a that's the craziest kind of a conspiracy theory I've ever heard well it's well obviously doing this for her own reasons she's putting it out very reputable law firm and apparently you know she's prepared to prosecute this case
1: uh, Jason what do you make of the fact that that uh, the diehard some I'm gonna say some of the diehard Ford supporters I mean are are blaming other parties.
3: It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, this is, uh, uh, listen, this is pretty clearly um, the Renata Ford legal team, uh, you know, given the story of the star. I think they misplayed their hand. I mean, they obviously, if they're trying to shake Doug down for money, which they clearly are, you know, and by the way, Tom, people don't shake down unsuccessful people for $16.5 million. But anyway, the the... You know they're trying. They're trying to get them to pay pay money. They had a ton of leverage back in the in the leadership campaign. Um, you know, a number of months ago. And uh, I'm really surprised and shocked that uh, to be to be honest with you, that they're uh, that they're doing this at this point. It's obviously just punitive. At this point, they're mad that they're not getting the money. Um, and we'll see what happens in court. But it doesn't surprise me. Like, let me put it this way: um, back in it in the 2011 election campaign, um, you can pr- you'll probably remember a story that came out the Toronto Sun. I think broke it that said that uh, Jack Layton had been to a uh, to, to a brothel, and people had thought at the time that we that we put the story out. The Conservatives, um, we did we had we did no such thing, and it later became clear that we didn't do it. Um, that other people had had put that story out, and I had reporters screaming at me, yelling at me that they thought that we'd put the story. These things don't break just like you think that they might break. I was worried at the time that people were going to think that Layton was a more sympathetic character um, when that happened rather than less sympathetic um, because people really don't like dirty politics and they don't like dirty pool. I, I know that the NDP, I look at this story, I know the NDP didn't put it out because they didn't have access to it. Um, but People will think that, and I, it's not always predictable how that kind of thing breaks. In the you know, pe- people
1: um, feeding the story, this is a lawsuit. It's public information. You know, presumably, whoever yeah, has somebody, a reporter in the courts. Sorry? The star, the
3: right? Here, here, look at this lawsuit. Like somebody called the Star, and it was probably your lawyers. And, but uh, yeah,
1: but just a minute. You know, know,
3: that this broke in the Toronto Sun, not the Star. Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: Uh, both, both papers have the story.
1: Well, yeah, both except papers, both papers presumably story, have... So
4: I don't know how, that, how to explain that one.
1: Well, both papers probably have somebody in the courts watching <laughs> for things that are newsworthy. That's uh, a that's yeah. pretty standard operating procedure if you yeah. have enough people.
3: Uh, no, guys, uh, I'm not arguing with you guys at all. Remember, though, the timing of... They, they filed this lawsuit this week for yeah. a reason. They wanted it to be out there. It doesn't matter who they gave the story to. My point is, they filed the lawsuit. The issue was No political party had anything to do content. with it. it was them.
4: It's a really the good... Content, the content here is that it, it really raises serious questions about Doug Ford's business acumen and whether he's been honest with us about his money-losing venture, They thing that he inherited from his father and apparently is turning into ruin. And secondly, if you're losing money, you don't have $16.5 million to get to your own life. family. Come on. His, his, his brother's widow and his niece's nephew's How is he going to treat other people's families? How honest is he going to be with other people's families? How much does he care about their success?
1: Okay, well, wait, hang on, everybody. Hang on. I I just have uh, a note here, and uh, we've also been following what the artificial intelligence computer named Polly is saying about all this, and it updates every day at 5 o'clock. But according to Polly, this is so far the biggest negative issue for Ford, Uh, and uh, it says that the story is exploding. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. Uh, I I would want to wait and see what Polly finds today after a whole day where this has made news. Now, Nini, you're the crisis communication, so... Is it possible that something starts off and it, it looks like something you can shrug off and, and gather steam? What's what's the strategy in that case?
2: Well, you know, as I mentioned, I mean right now we're in the home stretch. I, I think maybe there's a couple of, of miscalculations Renata's legal team made. One is they perhaps should have released this a little earlier on in the campaign, and allow it to develop legs and just be another another negative against Doug Ford that can kind of, you know through and and, and and gain some traction. There's a couple of things, though. You know, it was mentioned um, Jack Layton's issues, you know, when it, the bathhouse came yeah. out public. I remember thinking on the conservative side that, you know, I, that is going to sink him. There's no way Canadians are going to vote for that. They turned a blind eye to that. Why? Because I think Canadians don't like getting into the personal lives okay. of their politicians. They yeah, like to focus on the pull issues. Back this isn't stop,
4: the U.S. Stop repeating a story that's not true. Jason called it a brothel. You called it a bathhouse. It was neither. To went rabbit rabbit get him a massage had a registered massage whatever therapy. whatever well, it was many, many, many the fact of the do. matter is it came out okay it let's came not argue about so let's not smear people especially people who are not around to defend themselves anymore
1: okay i I'll accept uh, uh, accept that but uh, again uh, you
2: the, know I've, the point is though you know Canadians focus on the issues and the policies they don't like dwelling into the personal lives of their leaders yeah
1: but this is this has a little bit of crossover Jason don't you think
2: yeah. I mean, sometimes they sometimes they do. Uh, listen, this is
3: pretty this is pretty devastating um, a tra- attempt at an attack. We're going to find out if it if it works or not. The truth is, um, you know, he's not the first politician you know to be to be sued. He's not the first you know politician to have divorce papers uh, thrown out there about him or that kind of stuff. It's pretty dirty stuff. Right? You know, it's 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 dirty stuff. And if you're on the left side of the spectrum, you're hoping like hell that it hurts him really bad. And if you're on the right side of the spectrum, you're hoping it drives by. And the truth. Because I don't think we really know what's uh, going to happen. Yeah. Um, we know I a lot of votes are already counted. Is, and, you know, we don't okay,
1: okay let, let Tom get in, and yeah. then we're going back to the, the phone.
4: The thing that's key here is, it, it, is Rob, sorry, it is Doug Ford himself who made his confidence as a manager an issue. He opened that door. So the fact that these uh, documents, these court documents, now show that his company is losing millions of dollars a year since he inherited it, from his it's husband, not from millions his, of father. dollars
1: a year. That is significant. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, Ford
4: also makes a big issue about his family, the Ford family, Ford family. He always talks about the Ford family as if they were a cohesive whole. And now it's very clear that you know there are, that that the Ford family is no cohesive whole whatsoever. And, you know, troubling questions about how he treats his own family, let alone how he would treat your family.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Sheriff or Sharif in Mississauga. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Jane. How are you? It's not Jane. It's Libby. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, what I was
6: going to say, it's a shame that these three politicians, they're digging background to each other and hurting each other. And, and NDP and Liberals
1: are the same cooking pot. It just matters when it's going to blow up. Okay, thanks for that. Let's go to Sam in Brampton. Hello,
3: Sam. Hey, how are you today? Fine. <clears throat> um, just, just a comment. I, <clears throat> I think Mr. Ford right now uh, is definitely in a little bit of hot water. Uh, but right from the beginning, uh, personal viewpoint, I
6: think he was he's he was riding on the coattails of his uh, you know, of
3: his brother. Now, it has been said more than once in your program this morning or this afternoon is that if he's going to uh, treat his family like this, how is he going to treat the population of Ontario um, with these little uh, backroom? Uh, negotiating and uh, sleight of hand, Uh, whether it's $16 million or $16, it's still the principle of the thing that there's some shady things going on that are happening right now. And I cannot see Mr. Ford uh, or the PCs surviving, uh, even if it is a false story. Thank you. Uh,
1: Okay, thanks. Let's go to Shearer in Oakville. Hello, Shearer.
6: Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Are you hearing me?
1: Yes, I'm hearing you. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, man. I said, this is just a pucker no, man. This is just a pucker no. Something just make up. This is not real. Mr. we going to win, going away. Going away from the field.
1: Okay, thank uh-huh. you, Sheer. We're having a... You must have a bad line. We're, it's a, we're having a, a hard time understanding what you're saying, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, And let's get back to our panel. Uh, I haven't, I don't think we have Heard from anybody kind of undecided, and I guess that's the case, especially in the context of uh, what Lauren Bozanoff was saying yesterday that a small change could make a big difference. Nene,
2: yeah, no, look, let's let's call a spade a spade. This isn't good for the Ford campaign, right? And this is not something you want to deal with in the last few days of an, of an election. But there's there's a couple of things here, right? One is it's not good for the Ford campaign, truthfully, but the NDP are not in a good situation either. We know that their vote skews young, and the young tend to not get out yeah. in, in in numbers to vote. We know that their their vote skews to uh, socioeconomically to to lower yeah. lower class, and they tend to vote in in fewer numbers as well. So there's going to be a bleed off in terms of that percentage that is committed to reportedly supporting the NDP. Having said that, though. In the last two days of an election, I don't necessarily think you're going to see that big of a swing. I honestly don't. I think the only difference that this is going to make is going to... Will this bleed off enough support from the Liberals to the NDP? To push them over the edge.
1: And Tom, uh, when Andrea Horvath was commenting on this this morning, she sounded to me hesitant and very careful about exactly what she was saying. What would you advise her to say or not say about this?
4: Yeah, well, here's the thing is, first of all, I think Andrea is a very, as we've watched her in this campaign, she's very reluctant to go make charges that don't stick. She's also I think rightfully acknowledges strategically that this story will will speak itself. It will explain itself. That people will look at this for themselves and they'll come to their own conclusion. They do not need an Andrew Horvath or any other political leader to help them understand that it appears that uh, Doug Ford uh, ran a business uh, as if it was just an open cash box uh, that uh, he could he could dig into like an ATM for his own personal use. And the fear, of course, that He would treat the government our our money our money in the same way that it was his money and of course the family angle these things speak for themselves so i don't think i think she's absolutely right in her personality and i think people are are chiming to that they understand that and she's right strategically for the for the mood just let the facts speak for themselves. They're bad
1: enough. Well, it takes a long time to resolve these things. Let's hear from Anthony in Niagara. Anthony, uh, you you seem to suggest you knew this would come out.
3: Well, yeah. After what happened in the U.S., uh, I figured this was, this was something more or less was going to happen. So we all voted early. Like my family and I, friends, we all voted early because we knew most of the garbage was going to start coming out. He's a winner. Those other people are all losers. It's that simple. Okay, thanks. Possible.
1: thanks for that, Bye. Anthony. Let's go to William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hello, Lib. Hi. Uh,
6: hi. Um, uh, I stated before that uh, Doug uh, Ford sold out. He sold out to the rot that he said he was going to remove. Uh, his personality was very different all of a sudden. Um, that was very noticeable. Um, so, and now all of these things come about from his family, and, and it kind of confirms my observation that um, he, he sold out, and I think uh, Christine Elliott uh, should have won the election, and I think she did, but there was maneuvering, and that's why he sold out. Um, D- or did you? Were, are you
1: changing your vote?
6: I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm, I can't, this is not a conservative party. I don't know who these people are, The Doug Ford sold out to the rot.
1: So are you voting for someone other than a conservative? Uh, Andrea
6: Horvath is the most reasonable candidate. Uh, Kathleen Wynne is playing the shameless hussy uh, sympathy card now. Okay. Uh, and what else she's got in her bag of tricks? By so the you
1: were like you me? going to vote conservative and now you've changed your mind?
6: I've been a, a long-time conservative. I said, I've, I've stayed I've been a Christian Orthodox, Big C conservative for a long time. This is not conservativeism. it's, I don't know who these people are, this is, I don't know these people uh, anymore, so uh, the next best choice, uh, the only choice, I think, is Andrea Horvath, and her, uh, uh, she's reasonable, she's not perfect, no one's perfect, but at least she's reasonable, and uh, if people really want good government, they're going to have to keep tabs on her and get involved, and they'll get good government.
1: Okay, thanks for that. Uh, We are starting to run out of time on this. So we heard from one person who changed his vote, but it sounds like uh, that happened not because of this particular issue, but because of a whole bunch of other things. So uh, let's get a final thought from each of you, starting with Jason on this issue. Do you think it's going to get bigger, Jason?
3: Well, it's it's in certain interests to for it to try to get bigger and it's and it's a salacious, interesting story. I think it's gonna dominate the next couple of days and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that that's good news for for the Ford campaign. They like nothing more than the um than the sort of the race to be focused on Andrea Horvath and her some of wacko candidates over the last couple of days and I think that's gonna you know, that's they were, they were in the mood, the mood and the mode of consolidating their advantage because I think Tom would agree they had an advantage um, going into and coming out of this weekend. And this is a big wild card. So campaigns hate unpredictability.
1: Okay. They're going to
3: win, but, you know, they hate, they hate unpredictability.
1: Okay. Tom, what would you like to leave us with?
4: Uh, I think people will come to their own judgments about what they read in the newspapers today. Uh, when I walked in this morning to my building where I work, got in the elevator, uh, I had three of us, two women. I have no idea who they are. They were talking about this news story, and they were talking about their family. So I think it's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of conversations at the lunch table, a lot of conversations at the dinner table tonight, uh, and people are going to make a moral judgment. But the important thing is that the two Horvath and Ford are basically tied in the polls. And as Jason says, you know the, the, the PCs have an advantage. Oh. Uh, this is how this is how Trump won. He got less in the polls, but he won the
2: electoral college.
1: Okay, Nini. So, you know, uh, we, yeah, sorry, what, we've got to we we've got to wrap just things support.
2: up. Yeah, just, uh, just just two quick points. <laughs> One is what will be critical over the next few days is the Ford campaign sticking to their narrative and not letting this kind of get the best of them, staying focused and disciplined. And number two, look, none of these allegations have been proven. We know that family dynamics are complex. Add in millions and millions of dollars, it just increases the complexity. I think we all need to keep an open mind of this and let things kind of play out.
1: Okay, and I can hardly wait to see what tomorrow brings in this campaign. Thank you so much, Jason Leader, Tom Parkin, and Nini Krishnappa.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.